I'm your host, Antonio, and welcome to my new podcast, Cowboy and with the Cowboys of Dixie. We didn't see any black cowboys at the time. Well, there's always been groups of people that never could see eye to eye. But I always thought if they ever had a chance to sit down and talk face to face, they might realize they got a lot in common. It's a new concept, pretty much, for an African-American. It's not about the color of the cowboy, it's about the size of his heart. Horse doesn't care what color you are. Doesn't care how much money you get. A horse only cares of what's in your heart. Hey, what's going on, you guys? So I am Antonio, Antonio James. I figured I'd tell you guys a little bit about myself so that you guys can get to know me before I started interviewing other people. I currently live in Brownsville, Texas. This is my wife's hometown. Uh, we moved here from Nashville, Tennessee about four or five years ago. She's an original Texan. And I came down from Nashville, Tennessee. But before Nashville, Tennessee, I was actually raised in the city. I was raised very urban in Detroit, Michigan, on Seven Mile and Van Dyke on Spencer Street. That's right. This kid from the city is now a cowboy. Funny story about me. I was raised in the city, but I was raised by a mother that was raised in Mississippi. My grandma Dixie is from Mississippi. All of my family that, that played a big part in raising me, were from the South. Even though I was raised in the city, I was raised on Southern hospitality. And so that's one big thing. My dad is from Chicago, but he even raised me on Southern, Southern hospitality. So my parents were always big on, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You never call an adult by their first name. You always hold the door for a lady, an older person, or a child. Um, you even hold the door for a, for a man if you can. Um, if you ever see anyone on the side of the road, if you see a woman on the side of the road, an older person, a person with kids on the side of the road with a messed up tire or anything, you stop and help them. Uh, and so that's, that's just how I was raised to always be there for people, um, to always show respect to my elders. I was raised in the city, but I was raised on, I was raised on Mississippi. So a little bit about my grandma, Dixie. She was just the strongest person in our family. She gave our family strength. She gave our family grit. Our family was represented by my grandma, Dixie. She was just really big on a lot of things, and she just instilled it in every single one of her grandkids, every single one of her kids, every single one of her cousins, every single one of her siblings. That's, that's just who my, grandma, who my grandma was. She was the strongest person in the entire world. She beat cancer. On top of beating cancer, the doctors thought that she was going to pass away a long time ago because after the cancer, she started having a lot of strokes and, and it ended up paralyzing her. It took away her speech. It took away, it took away everything from her. By the end, she could only move one hand. She had her leg amputated. She couldn't talk, but she could mumble. And it's funny because I'd, I'd go and visit her regularly. I'd drive up to Mississippi all the time um, because I was just big on it. I even spent wedding anniversaries going to visit my grandma in her, in her nursing home. Just sitting there because with that one hand she had, she still had so much strength that everybody talked about it because she could squeeze your hand and would not let you go. She was still cussing people out even though she couldn't talk and she was paralyzed and blind and, and everything. And the only thing that she could do was mumble and move this one hand she literally would still mumble cuss you out. One big thing that she taught us, she didn't care about what your story about. She didn't care about what you did. She just cared about what your potential was. She cared about, okay, you may change, but if you don't change, I'm still going to be here for you because I don't want to see you alone out in this world. She had a judgment-free home. She told you the right thing to do to affect any way in how she treated you. And that's how she raised us 
that's how she told all of us, all of her kids. It's funny because my grandmother had people older than her calling her Mama Dixie. People 20 years older than her were calling her Mama Dixie because that's just the type of person she was. Everyone respected her as a mother, even if she was 20 years younger than them. That's the reason why this podcast is named after my grandmother. I was super close. My ranch is named after my grandmother. Um, I own a ranch down here called Dixie's Cowboys Ranch. The main focus of my ranch is horses. I actually ended up deciding to start it after my grandma passed a little over a year ago. She passed away. I took that time to just find my journey and, and listen to Grandma Dixie's rule of uh, be what you want to be. I was already cowboy and I was already training horses and stuff, but I just... At that point, I decided I was going to start my own little outfit, keep her name just carrying on. So that's what I do in the cowboy community. I am a horseman. I'm, I'm really big on horsemanship. I push a little cattle and, and, and everything as well, but my, my main focus is horses. My ranch's focus is horses. So with this podcast, my goal is to just give everyone a seat at the table. I've seen so many rants on social media and, and just everywhere on the news, on social media, just everywhere you go in person, it's rants, 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 rants. Whenever two sides of the of the table end up, two opposite sides of the table sit down with each other or, or, or stand up with each other. And I just don't think that gets us anywhere um, in the cowboy community. I think if we want the outsiders, the ones who are – thinking about joining the cowboy community, the people who are just interested in the cowboy community, the the enthusiasts of the cowboy community. If we want them to really support us and really um, fully support us 100%, they need to know 100% what we're about and why we're about it. And giving a rant doesn't, doesn't answer that because if they're being told by the opposite side of this stuff and then all you do is get mad and, and, and put, go on a rant about it, it just looks like two sides that aren't willing to listen to each other. And so they don't know which side is telling the truth because no one is addressing the other side. So my podcast, I'm going to address both sides. Even though I'm on one side, I'm going to respectfully address the other side as well. And that's the goal of my podcast, to give everyone a voice at the table. That way, the outsiders, the people joining, and just us, we all can find a common ground because the Cowboys way is a way of respect. A Cowboy doesn't argue. That's just not, that's not cowboy. Cowboying is, is showing respect. And so that's something that I'm really big on. And that's something that I want my podcast to really represent is a respect for everyone, no matter if our opinions differ. If a cowboy is breaking a horse and this horse doesn't want to be, and we've tried multiple, multiple times to like with all these, all these different calm methods, a true cowboy isn't going to go in there beating the horse to try to, to try to beat it into submission. If this horse doesn't want to be bucked, that a, a true cowboy is going to find something that that horse wants to be doing or let that horse be. A cowboy is known to not let someone else's actions control their actions. So we got to get rid of the ranks. We have to start having conversations with these people. We have to start showing the outsiders that even if another party is yelling at us or whatever, we're still going to give them a controlled balanced, respectful conversation. And then maybe we all can find some common ground somewhere and maybe we can get through our point to them or, 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 or maybe they can get some points that we didn't pick up to us. But we have to be willing to listen in order to find that out. Also, a part of this podcast is talking about the misrepresentation or underrepresentation in this industry. When I say misrepresentation or underrepresentation, I want to be completely clear that I am not just talking about the big picture stuff. I'm even talking about the underlying stuff. 
I'm talking about the stuff that people don't notice. I'm talking about the stuff that people don't address, not just the big picture stuff. Um, and so, yes, I'm going to talk about underrepresentation and misrepresentation of the cowboy of color. Yes, I'm going to talk about the misrepresentation or underrepresentation of the cowgirl. Yes, I'm going to talk about those things. But I also want to talk about, because I feel like it's a misrepresentation of the white cowboys and cowgirls. I feel like there's a misrepresentation of them as well um, because of the misrepresentation um, or underrepresentation of, of us. Because I've showed up to a lot of places where I am respected by multiple um, cowboys and cowgirls that don't look like me. And so... I want to talk about that misrepresentation, too. My goal is not to erase anyone's history from, from, the, from the cowboy industry. I don't want to take away anything from the white cowboy. I don't want to take anything from the vaquero. I don't want to take anything from anyone else. I still want to show full respect to everything that every other nationality of a cowboy has done for us, for this industry, for the cowboy. I just want to make sure I'm representing the cowboys that look like me a little bit better and a little bit more. And I want to get it more out there. Um, but I'm not taking anything away from anyone else. I don't want to put anyone else on a lower level. I'm just trying to build, build our level up. And so I just want to make that clear that I'm not here to argue about who was the first cowboys here and all of those things that um, are relevant today. I want to talk about getting a proper representation for myself and people that look like me in this industry. I just saw something the other day, and I, I absolutely loved it. It was, a, it was the guy who holds the sign, and it said something about um, if you're more successful than others or, or something like that, you should build a longer table, not a bigger gate. And so that's the thing that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to just build a longer table. I'm not trying to get in there. And then build a gate and try to kick everybody else out and say, we, we, we this and we that. No, I want everyone there. I want everyone at my table. And I want everyone represented properly at my table. And so that's my goal. Um, that's, my, that's my goal with the misrepresentation of everything. I want the cowgirl to be able to show up to a place and she don't have to prove herself. I want to be able to show up to a place and I don't have to prove myself. I was just talking to someone um, recently and another uh, black cowboy and I was just talking to him and I was telling him that one of my biggest struggles is everywhere I show up, I have to prove myself versus versus other people who show up. They don't have to prove themselves. They, they, they show up and people just automatically go, that's a cowboy right there. But until I started being noticed, I had to show up to places and prove and and when I do show up to places and people don't know who I am I I have to I have to prove myself just because I don't look like the cowboy on TV and so that's just what that's just what I'm trying to get rid of and so that's what I mean by misrepresentation is I want the cowgirl to be able to show up and and she and you just you just automatically assume she can handle the job because she wouldn't be here if she couldn't I want to be able to show up and you assume he can handle the job because he wouldn't be here if he couldn't. Represent it in a way where I can show up to a place, where the cowgirl can show up to a place, where anyone that doesn't look like the American cowboy that's on TV can show up to a place and they don't have to show and prove just because they don't look like everybody else. So now let's get into this Lone River Ranch Water commercial that everyone has been asking me about. Um, 
everyone has been DMing me about, messaging me about, and emailing me about, and everything. Long story short, Ranch Water, I've always, I've been a huge fan of Ranch Water for a very long time, um, ever since I think probably it, it, it hit my town. How it happened was one day out of the blue on my other, on my um, other business page, Ranch Water followed me, and then they, and then like two days later, they, they DM'd me. And they were like, hey, uh, we love your page. Um, we love your vibe. Uh, we also uh, just wanted to send you some complimentary ranch water um, on us. Just give us an address just for you to try it out. You don't have to do anything. Just try out our ranch water. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. So they sent it over to me. And um, I didn't even know they had multiple flavors. <laughs> and so when they sent it over, I was like, it was like a variety pack. And I was like, oh, it's more than just a black and white bottle. And so um drank it and it was it was extremely good we actually ended up having a, a over at the ranch we had all the family over my mom had just came into town at that time so we all we all were drinking it together at the ranch um and then um fast forward a couple weeks later uh they're they're doing casting calls for for um a commercial and so they called me for the commercial and they told me that they that they want to hire me um for the commercial I, and then they 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 tell me like they want to they want to bring me up to to West Texas up to their ranch. I go up there and it's just it's it's the first time I had ever been in of an environment like that. It's just like trailers everywhere. They're doing our makeup, like a bunch of cowboys getting their makeup done. <laughs> and so uh, I thought I'd never see that a day in my life. Uh, and so we're all like standing outside of this makeup trailer getting our makeup done, and we're like we we must have pushed. We must have pushed cattle from one pen to another. Um, so me and me and Rod, me and me and me and Rod, which is an older uh, cowboy that was that was also on on the set. Um, they had us, me and him, push the cattle, and we must have pushed the cattle back and forth for like an hour and a half. It felt like like it was like we were just pushing it back and forth, 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 back and forth. Back and forth. And I, like it, it didn't get tiring. Like it, it was. It, it didn't get tiring. It didn't. Like I didn't get like, oh my goodness, again or anything. It just. It was. It was really nice, and and it was a. It was a extremely nice experience. Um, and Katie, she's she's extremely nice. She's an awesome individual. Uh, her grandfather, he's 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 awesome as well. I met him because I went to the wrong location, um, the morning of the first day. Uh. And everybody, the entire crew was just so, so nice. Whenever I was showing up, uh, it's funny because I'm standing there and everyone's telling me, like, like people from, like, I, I don't, like people who worked on the ranch and everyone, they're coming up to me like, hey, Antonio, it's finally nice to meet you. And everyone's saying this, like, it's finally nice to meet me. And I'm like, who am I? Like, you got Ryan Bingham somewhere around here. <laughs> and and so it was just, they, like, they, they made you feel special. They made you feel uh feel real, real real special and so it was it was a really nice experience me and ryan bingham were the only ones in the commercial that weren't from there everyone else uh was actually from west texas we were the only ones casted to bring in town i have no idea how i got the part everyone keeps on asking me how i got the part and i have no no idea whatsoever i'm humbled that i got that part i'm humbled that they had me up there i'm grateful um for the experience just cowboying on camera it w it wasn't uh, anything fake it was just 
Like, that was the one thing I loved about it. They didn't have us do any acting. It was all just cowboy and stuff that we do day in, day out. We just did it over and over and over again. That was one of my favorite parts about it is I didn't have to be someone else for this part. I didn't have to turn on, like, this actor mode or anything. They just they, they said, we want you how you are. Um, and so they said, we want you cowboy. We want every day told everybody, we want you cowboy. We want you to dress and how you dress. We want you to look and how you look. You want you to ride and how you ride. And so that was one of my favorite things is that they just, they wanted us to just do what we do. Like that was, that was every time they started rolling, they just said, do what you would normally do in this setting. And so that's what we did. And, and I absolutely loved it. Okay, so let's get into a few of the questions. One person asked, did you grow up around horses? So I stated earlier, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. So I did not grow up around horses. Um, my family had a ranch down in, my Uncle Willie uh, had our family ranch down in uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And we'd go down there in the summers, uh, and so he had horses and everything, but I wouldn't say I grew up around horses because majority of my childhood, only time I would be around horses was when we went down to the family ranch. Um, besides that, um, I did not grow up around horses just because I, 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 I feel like I grew up in, Michi in, in Michigan and then I just spent summers going down to Mississippi to the ranch. And so I'd, I wouldn't say that I grew up around horses. Um, which is funny because I'm a horse trainer and most of the horses I train now are people who have been around horses for 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years, and they're calling me to train their horses um, because like their friend told them like of what I did with their horse. And it's funny because it's people who, who their entire life was horses and yet I'm training, I'm not only training their horses, but I'm training them on the new horsemanship and and just how to how to explain stuff with a horse instead of uh force it out of them and a lot of people down here they're they're hiring me just for that um for to teach them horsemanship and to train their horse and they've been around horses their entire lives what did your grandma dixie mean to you i see your podcast is named after her um my grandma dixie meant everything to me um she was just she was the rock that held us all together um, she's still the rock that held us all together. And so I just, I, I wanted to make sure I always do something positive in her name. Um, my grandma Dixie wasn't a saint by no means, uh, <laughs> literally by no means. Uh, my grandma Dixie, she was, she, she had a saying that, that she would say, and it was, uh, heaven don't want me. I'm too bad for hell because Satan's scared I'm going to take over. So I'm going to just have to grab my own bricks and build my own place when I die. And that's 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 who she was. She she went into, like, my grandma wasn't a saint, but she was our saint. Um, she, yeah, she wasn't a saint, but she was our family saint. She she never held her tongue. She always said what whatever she thought, she said it. And she she respected everyone. She supported everyone in a way of like, she could go off on you and curse you out. And you literally would just like, instead of getting mad, how you normally would if someone is just cursing at you. Like you'd hear her. Like I said earlier, she had people 20 years older than her calling her mama Dixie. 
Like it just it was just who she was. She just she was just a woman of respect. She the the strongest person I know. How did you start in the Western community? I saw you on Courtney's podcast say that you have only been in it for a couple of years. So yeah, so I've been in the Western industry um for a little under ten years. Um and so I've been like like, but I started really, really slow. I was trying to relearn it. And so I was trying to, I would spend a lot of time on my family's like history and everything and just, just figuring out everything before I, before I dove in. Do you feel like the black cowboy is looked down upon? Um, yes and no. I feel like there are a lot of people that look down upon the black cowboy. I feel like it's a lot of brands who take advantage of the black cowboy. Um, like, I feel like it's a lot of brands that whenever, like, like, like these, uh, I feel like it's a lot of brands that whenever these um, parades or rallies or whatever go on uh, for black people, uh, they decide to start posting black cowboys and stuff like that. But then any other time of the year, they're not posting them. They're not doing anything with them. Um, and so I, I do feel like, like in, a, in, in that way, it's taken advantage of because they, they only, like a lot of brands will use you. But I feel like in the industry, um, I feel like it's a lot of people who, who genuinely respect me for me. Um, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not going to say that they don't see my color because none of us are colorblind. We all see each other's color. Um, but it just doesn't matter to them. And that's, that's what's important to me. Thank you guys so much for tuning into my podcast. Don't miss the notifications for every Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, where we'll be representing all things cowboy in every color and every genre and every background. Yee yee.